0: Welcome to another In the Telling Scrap Episode segments that are too good to be left on the cutting room floor. In this scrap episode, Luke Howarder talks about his experiences with creativity and anxiety. I think when you're a kid, creativity is just so intrinsically linked with life. But then as you get older, your relationship with it changes. And it's kind of at a point now where I have sort of a love hate with it just because everything leading up to creativity is terrifying. <laughs> There's <laughs> so much anxiety and just so much like in a bit of my stomach. And then you get there and you do it and you're like, Oh yeah, like this is this is what I love. You know, like I I think I have a bit of an addictive personality where I can get addicted to some things kind of easily. I've had some experiences which would indicate and I think like creativity has become a bit of an point for me, but it's the one where it's like, this one's okay. <laughs> we'll let this one slide. Yeah, get, reaching <laughs> for this fix helps me to do good things. <laughs> yeah, like I'm I'm proud of what creativity does for me. I'm proud of what it does, you know, like like I said, I'm just a thinker by nature. I love thinking about things. And when I think about things in terms of creativity, it's so much more positive than just general thinking. <laughs> so um yeah it's kind of just you know i i feel like there have got to be other people who feel what i feel especially at this point in my life where now on occasion my creativity becomes something for other people so i think like the root of my anxiety comes from the fact that people listen to the podcast now. like there are some people who listen regularly when i do stand-up i feel anxiety because even if people only paid two dollars to come see an open mic they paid money they got a babysitter they paid money to come see me uh, you know doing the play even like the idea of like I have a whole cast who need me to show up and and do it and directors who need me to commit and do my part and then the audience that comes in and pays money again like just sort of this idea of like there's a long list of people that you can't let down uh, and that's really kind of one of the things that starts really triggering my anxiety and I've become Hyper aware of it sometimes when I'm performing. I'm, I'm mostly good at kind of covering it in the podcast, but there are episodes where listening. I can hear it like I'm like on the verge of a panic attack or something. So I'm like, this, like it's mostly at the beginning. I always mellow out by the end, but yeah, there's moments of like this, oh, this has to go well, right? <laughs> um, and just like thinking about that it has been really on my mind, especially because I knew I was going to do this interview and I'm like, this could be something interesting to talk about. Maybe if I can overcome my anxiety about talking about it. <laughs> uh, and just one of the things I've really come to learn is just like, if it's worth it, you find a way to do it. Uh, Bill Hader from SNL, I'm a tremendous SNL fan. I have a history and sketch comedy and all these different things. So of course, I just really looked at that as like an example. But Bill Hader, in recent interviews, has talked a lot about his anxiety working on SNL, where he said like, this, Every night before he went on stage he was terrified. And it's really interesting when you would examine his stories because I feel like there's three points that if every creative person who suffers from anxiety fits it helps a lot. I've kind of been trying to put it into my process and what I do and it's been helpful. So like the first thing he says is, you know, he spent the first four years in agonizing pain doing this show. Until so Lauren Michaels comes to him one night and says, Hey, you know that you can work here as long as you want, right? We're never going to fire you. You will leave when you decide to leave. And that was it. He said that was the whole conversation. Uh, and then the next thing that happened was he finally like started seeing people about this and they actually started recommending things that work, like meditation and yoga and spending time with his wife before the show. And then the last thing he did was he said he had a, a therapist that told him he had to shake hands with his what is what he described it. And he said there's, like, a number of ways you can do that. One of the big ways is you can just admit it. You can just, like, before you walk on stage, go, like, I'm terrified of this. I'm kind of freaking out yeah. right now. He said his trick was that he was always so scared of messing up and, like, everything collapsing. His trick was he would always get his first line wrong on purpose. So if his first line was, like, good evening, ladies and gentlemen, he'd walk out and be like, hello, hello, boys and girls. Like, he'd say something completely different and it would trick his brain into being, like, Hey, you messed up, and look, everything's still totally fine. That's a genius idea. Absolutely. And like it was those three steps that just it was like a three-step process outlined perfectly. I won't pretend to be like an expert. (laughs) So there's somebody who could probably lay this out much more concisely than I can and can give much better advice than I can. But those three things I've noticed have been tremendously helpful for me. This idea of know your worth, Lauren Michael's saying you can work here as long as you want. This second idea of have a plan before you go into it a routine that's tremendously helpful and then that last thing just shake hands with your fear however you need to do that whether you just say hey i'm scared or whether you need to mess up on purpose like so those three things have been just so tremendous for me and like i said kind of knowing that i was going to do this interview it's like this is an interview for creative people and i don't think i'm the only creative person who has this anxiety (laughs) that they want to overcome yeah i would i mean i would be tremendously shocked. If it was even I mean I know it's a stereotype and everything, but don't you feel like in the arts that there are just higher percentages of certain kinds of neuroses. personalities and <laughs> neuroses? Yeah. Okay, yeah, let, yeah, let's call it by what it is. <laughs> there are some more neuroses. Um so yeah, obviously there's got to be people who I mean, I know I get anxiety about certain things and and I I've, I've not articulated like how to deal with it that way, but I know like, that shake hands with it, I would just say that I I have to, like, name it and then decide what can I do to, like, uh, alleviate or control or, like, where is my influence and then I'll focus there as opposed to the thing that I can't influence. Yeah. I, (laughs) I don't know that that's necessarily how it works with me, but, like, it's... I don't know. It's kind of just a crazy time. It's sort of a time of these mental things that just pop up and I think it's because we live in an era of thinkers and artists especially thinkers and like I said there's great things that can come from having the time to sit and think about things and there's really weird and spectacularly awful things that can <gasps> come from having the time to just sit and think about things. So yeah that I just been thinking about that a lot. I was like, let's maybe talk about that. I'm glad I'm glad you did. Thank you. Thanks for listening.